Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy football podcast. It is us. Well, actually, minus one. Uh, me and Scott here today with you. Uh, Steven's out in the IR slot with COVID. Uh, he's actually giving us hand signals from the sideline. So, uh, yeah, Steven gave us a little wave here. Um, but Scott, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, MJ. How about yourself? Oh, man. Uh, awesome. Uh, another week of fantasy football under our belts. And man, it, fantasy football. <laughs> the fantasy football gods have not been kind to me or you either, right? This last week especially was just, I feel like, rough uh, across the board. Like the, There were a couple of super you know, highlight players, which we'll recap here in a second. But um, yeah, across four leagues, I am six and six. So it's very much been a love-hate thing for me the first three weeks. Very much love-hate. And what we're going to start off with today is actually our icebreaker, which is our current favorite band or artist. Uh, mine is Man Wolves. Man Wolves is a, they're kind of a hip hop, jazz, uh, indie rock band based out in Chicago, which, of course, uh, another reason why I love them so much. Um, and a song I have to recommend to you is Trip on My Words by them. Uh, Scott, who do you got? Yeah, so uh, for me, it's it's John Mayer, little little old school, uh, easy listening. Uh, but he came out with the Sob Rock album in 2021, and I just recently actually discovered it on Spotify and been listening to that lately. And uh, my favorite song from that album is "All I Want Is to Be with You." Uh, so if you haven't heard the new album or that song specifically, give it a listen. It's it's good stuff from JM. All right. Great, Scott. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move into our week three recap. And what a week three. I mean, what we initially thought was going to be a dud of a Thursday night game. Uh, the Browns actually showed up against the, the Steelers, and it was, it was pretty decent. Najee, of course, got his first touchdown. I lost that fantasy flash. Uh, yep. I, I was too cocky, man. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't have even tried. Uh, but of course that literal last second touchdown by the Browns, uh, was exactly what I needed. Oh, yeah. what else uh, happened? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure that probably hurt and helped a lot of people. Uh, you know, if you had the Browns defense, that was an eight point swing that one play because mm -hmm. they got the fumble recovery for two and then the six points. And if you were a Najee owner, you lost two on that because he happened to be the guy to quote-unquote fumble it you know he was trying to to lateral it to continue the play uh and the browns were covered off of his lateral so um yeah that could have really helped you or really hurt you on that one play alone yeah that would have lost you that that definitely that Najee fumble lost lost people some matchups this week yeah um let's see bills versus fins geez what a game two allen with 63 pass attempts 63 um, of course the fins pulled out the W and the butt punt, butt punt by the, by the fins and to a Tango Veloa suffering a, what an, everyone initially thought was a concussion, but they went back and retracted, said it was a lower, lower back sprain, which I'm, I'm a little iffy about. Um, and that's actually under investigation right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, NFL players association is, uh, is doing an investigation on that. Um, you know, from all of us that watched the play, watched him get up. It, it definitely looked like signs of a concussion. Uh, but he went back in and, and finished the game up, but yeah, I mean, what a game between the bills and the fins, uh, bills got their first loss this season. You know, obviously they were favored because you know, everybody's got them winning it all this year went down to Miami and, and uh, just got beat outright. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but my on the clock definitely has to do with um, that a little bit. So um, yeah, without, without spoiling that mm. it, it was, it was a good game. A lot of crazy things came out of it. And of course my boy Lamar cooking against the Patriots. Uh, he is the NFL leader in passing touchdowns quarterback rating. I think he's also top five. He's the number four. I think rusher in the league too. So geez, uh, Jalen hurts, uh, looking sharp against the commanders, the Eagles defense, especially too. I think at one point the the graphic held out was 350 plus yards with, for the Eagles and then minus three 
yards total for the commanders at one point. Um, any comments on the, I know you've been high on the Eagles as well, Scott. Dude, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, it kills me, but the Eagles are just blowing everybody away. Like even their defense is good. I know they were a huge um, pickup this week. A lot of, uh, a lot of people went out and got the Eagles defense after what they did last week. Um, so I, I am a uh, Lamar owner in one league and a, Hurts owner in one league, and I actually lost both of those matchups this last week, even with their performances. It's crazy, but like without those two guys, I would have gotten blown out. Um, I'm confident moving forward, though, with those guys being my quarterbacks, that I can I can win in those leagues. You know, with absolutely, with I, I just need my other guys to step it up. That's mm-hmm. all. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy, right? Um, I think uh, what the Chargers looked. Uh, rough against the Jags who yeah I mean, Herbert, real deal, right? Herbert was a little little hurt um True. Joey Bosa got hurt on the Chargers defense as well mm-hmm. but yeah all the credit due to the Jaguars man they are looking really good shut out the Colts and then uh it was in uh Los Angeles right they went to yeah they went Over to LA stadium. yeah they went to LA and uh you know put up a little butt whooping on on the Chargers um it's two teams in a row that I picked to make the playoffs and the Colts and the Chargers that the Jaguars have now beat. So yeah, they're looking good. Um, the San Francisco 49ers against the Broncos Grappolo. Now I do have to give credit where credit's due. The Broncos defense looks outstanding. Uh, certain, uh, looks like the best cornerback in the league right now. I mean, based on his stats, I think he's, uh, I mean, he's just, he's just owning people. He's just owning people. And I mean, it looks like one of those situations, Scott, where the Broncos defense is what's going to be carrying the team throughout the season. Knock on wood. I mean, I, ho- I have plenty of stock in the Broncos offense, so I hope they turn it around. But what do you think? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, MJ, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so first off, Pat Sertain, man, I was hoping, hoping uh, in the draft two years ago, he would fall to my Cowboys. And obviously, as the story goes, he didn't. He went to the Broncos, and we ended up getting Micah Parsons, which, you know, well, ended up being an amazing I, blessing in disguise, which, you know, I was super happy that we got Micah Parsons at the time, too. Uh, but yeah, Pat Tertain is an amazing player, and, and the Broncos have a stud at cornerback for years. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Way off the Broncos' defense being as good as they were Sunday night, uh, I don't think they hang in that game or win it. Um, I hope the Broncos offense could turn around because I've got Javante in a couple of leagues and I, I need me some Javante Williams. Um, I was very frustrated with how many uh, snaps Boone got, Michael Boone got. Um, and I was, you know, obviously upset that Gordon got the goal line rushing touchdown after uh, fumbling uh, on the same drive. Like, come dang. on, Hackett, wake up, give the ball to Javante. Like, dang. scheme plays, come up with plays to put the ball in Javante's hands. I know we're trying to run the offense through Russell Wilson, but, like, Javante Williams is a generational talent, and you got to use it. Now, one one comment I do have to make is, is about Garoppolo, right? So uh, this game was exactly the reason why I think the – coaches were ready to move on to Trey Lance because Lance, it, well, one, if anybody watched this game, Debo was open on several, several plays. I mean, that's that's what they scheme out is these high-low schemes um, that allow these players to get their go-routes. And Debo had I for at least two, at least two touchdowns that Garoppolo saw and just he knew he couldn't make that pass. And Trey Lance would have made that pass. I, I firmly believe he would have. Um, and of course, let's see. Barkley is back, baby. Barkley is is looking good. Giants against the Cowboys, of course, in uh, Monday Night Primetime. And after CD almost let me down, he had a gosh, he had a horrible drop. He made it up with a beautiful one handed catch that saved <laughs> saved one of my matchups for this week. Uh, how what what are some of your observations from this game, Scott? Yeah, uh, Barkley's definitely back. He's back to rookie. Barkley form. CD Lamb, oh my gosh, that drop, dude. Pain. If you wear number 88 for the Cowboys, you cannot make drops like that. Like, literally, it was in his hands. And the thing was, his form was so bad 
on that reception. Like he didn't extend the arms and go and catch the ball. He was just letting it fall into his arms and basically let it fall through his arms. Uh. Um, it was embarrassing. And then, you know, he runs off the field, like smiling and hitting his chest, like my bad, like, yeah, dude, like that should have been a touchdown, not only for my boys, but for one of my fantasy teams, for a bunch of fantasy teams out there. Like, uh, and he did, he did have an amazing one handed grab. Uh, so a little redemption there. The Cowboys ended up winning the game, so I was very happy with that because uh, the Giants were favored and, and uh, they were picked by more people than the Cowboys were. But, um, yeah, CD, no more drops like that, please, man. You could have had two touchdowns. Like, you could have helped me win the matchup by a lot more than I did. Uh, points matter towards the end of the season. You're oh, yeah. Coming up on tiebreakers. So, like, no more drops like that, please. But I was very happy with the amount of targets he got, the amount of receptions he got. Um and I think it's only going to get better when Stack gets back. Absolutely, man. And uh, we're actually going to go ahead and move on to our first segment, which is the Fantasy Football 101 rules from our, our man, Shadow. Uh, Scotty Boy, what you got for us? Yeah, so uh, from an earlier episode, uh, I mentioned that I wrote a 17-and-a-half-page Fantasy Football article with 100 rules on it, do's and don'ts. Uh, most of them were geared towards the draft and pre-draft, but the last quarter or so have to deal with in-season rules and uh steven specifically requested since he wasn't gonna be talking on this one that i go ahead and knock some out here for you guys today so uh try and be uh quick about that but this is my favorite rule of all the ones that um i I basically came up with and i think it's something that every fantasy football player should follow weekly that's rule number 80 use your flex spot wisely so what do i mean by that so hopefully you've got five, at least five running backs and wide receivers as your main team core. It absolutely does not matter where these running backs or wide receivers are placed in your lineup. Like if Jonathan Taylor is in your running back two spot or in your flex spot, it doesn't matter. He's still going to get you the same points. So here's the thing. Make the last running back or wide receiver that you have that plays in the week in your flex spot. So if you've got a guy playing on Monday night football, he needs to be the guy that you put in your flex spot. If you've got somebody playing on Thursday night in your flex spot, you are messing up. And here is why. It's it's very simple. They could get hurt like over the weekend. Somebody could get hurt in your lineup, and now you don't have that player that you were planning on playing. Uh, for example, you play a wide receiver on Thursday night in your flex, and you have a running back that you were planning on starting uh, in your lineup get hurt in Friday's practice, and now you can't sub somebody in because you've now ruined your flex position. Does that kind of make sense, MJ? How I'm explaining that? Basically, play, play the last guy yeah. on Monday night of your top five running backs and wide receivers. Play the guy that plays last in your flex spot every single week. Be an active manager and make that change every single week. Pay attention. It'll, yeah. Yes, it'll, it'll bite you in the butt if you don't do that. Um, there's a reason that it's called a flex spot. It's for flexibility, and that's what it's meant to give you. So don't be afraid to put your JTs or your uh, Justin Jeffersons or your AJ Browns in your flex spot. It doesn't matter where they are in your lineup. Make it make sense. Do yourself a favor. Cool. I think I beat that one like a dead horse. Uh, we'll move on to the second rule I'm going to talk about tonight, and that's rule number 93, which is the rule of three. And that's simply... Don't panic. This is the don't panic rule. Uh, If you've had a guy, and this actually applies right now because we've had three weeks. If you you have a guy that you drafted with a lot of hype and they've now had three bad weeks in a row, it might be time to possibly bench them or start looking elsewhere for another starter. Um, If it was somebody that you drafted to put on your bench and they haven't done anything, it's probably time to drop them and fill that bench spot with somebody else. If you had a guy that you know, you drafted on your bench and you were like, hey, maybe it works out. And he's just gone off like crazy. It's time to put him in your starting lineup every single week. The rule of three. Three times in a row. Bad week, demote him. Three times in a row. Good week, promote him. Um, a guy that I'm I, – I, I, I might give him an extra week just because of who he is, but Justin Jefferson, he's had two bad weeks in a row for Justin Jefferson. He's also had really bad matchups. Um, if this next week goes poorly, it might be time to consider benching him. Uh, not going to drop him, but 
might be. I like I said, I might give him an extra week. I might give him a fourth week, but that's that's a really high level example. Uh, but if you have a guy that just kind of messed up three weeks in a row or not giving you the production that you expected or vice versa, promote him or demote him. MJ, you got anything to comment on that? Nah, man, you sounds perfect to me. All right. Last row I'm going to talk about tonight is row number 94. That's always know your first drop. So within your team, mm -hmm. you should have a hierarchy of players. Like, and that should be known to you. It doesn't matter uh, you know, what other people think of your players. You should have a hierarchy. At the bottom of that list should be the first player that you would drop if a better option becomes available on the waiver wire. So if someone in your league does something crazy and drops somebody, I'll give an example because it's happened in the, one of the leagues that we're all in. Uh, somebody dropped J.K. Dobbins for – a tight end in week two. And so going into week three, he was automatically the number one waiver wire grab. Um, I know I put in uh, a waiver wire bid for them. I didn't get them because I was lower on the priority, but always know whoever your lowest player is, your first drop, so you can be ready to drop them and grab that person off the waiver wire. It just makes things easier for you. That's especially now. And I, I mean, the, the first couple weeks, especially, or when you need to pay attention to the wear of a wire and know or pay attention to see who is actually producing for you. Right. Cause yep. you got to make those moves quick, especially on, on leagues where you have to use fab, you have to know exactly the amount you, you, you're going to put in. Um, Cause that can make a break your entire year. I mean, your entire season. And really, that that waiver pickup. So yep, absolutely, great, rule, great absolutely. Rule, you, you, yeah, it's like you can't win your league on draft day, mm -hmm. lose it, but you win your league by making these pickups and managing your team throughout the year, and uh, you know just knowing who you should drop and when to make that move on somebody that somebody else dropped. That that'll get you there. Cool. So uh, those are the three rules I was going to hit on tonight. We're going to move into our fourth segment now which is brotherly love. This is our love-hate section, uh, and I'm going to go first tonight. So uh, my love for the week is Tyler Lockett, and my hate for the week is DK Metcalf, and I will give you my reasoning now. His name is Jeff Okuda. So in week four, the Seahawks will be playing the Lions. Let me tell you about wide receivers that have gone up against Jeff Okuda weeks one through three. Week one, Devontae Smith. Four targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Devontae Smith, in his other two games played so far, 249 yards and one touchdown. In week two against Jeff Okuda, Terry McLaurin, eight targets, four receptions, 75 yards. Not terrible. In his other two games, 160 yards and a touchdown. In week three, Justin Jefferson, six targets, three receptions, 14 yards. In his other two games so far, 232 yards and two touchdowns. Guess who's going up against Jeff Okuda in week four? DK Metcalf, which is why he's my hate. And why is T Tyler Lockett my love? Here's other wide receivers that have gone against the Lions. In week one, A.J. Brown, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 155 yards. In week two, Curtis Samuel, nine targets, seven receptions, 78 yards, a touchdown. Jahan Dutson, five targets, four receptions, 59 yards, a touchdown. In week three, Adam Thielen, eight targets, six receptions, 61 yards, a touchdown. K.J. Osborne, eight targets, five receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett is going to be that other wide receiver going against the Lions. He's the one that's likely not going to be matched up against Jeff Akuda. That's why he's my love, and DK Metcalf is my hate. MJ, man, I get. I mean, you told you told me to promise not to to start Lockett. I mean, you might have convinced me right there, Scott. I told you, um, man. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> and I mean, Akuda, uh, Akuda was the number three overall pick in the twenty twenty NFL draft, and. And has gotten a lot of scrutiny. I think I, I forgot what he injured. I feel like it was it was his Achilles or something. He's he's been injured for a while now, 
and has been as been stated as the biggest bust of that draft class. So it's great to see him actually put in some work. Yep. Um, so, Oh, did you talk about your hate? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my hate was Metcalf. My love was same team. Okay. Who's going against Akuda versus who's not going against Akuda. Big brain. Okay. So my love and my hate for this week, love first is Amari Cooper versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Atlanta has been getting blown up. It's an Amari Cooper who was traded to the Browns for pennies. I mean, was it a fifth round draft pick, Scott? It was terrible, man. We, Gosh. What we paid for him or what we what we sold him for, we should say, uh, was not enough. Uh, and and I know for a fact, SES Fun Train has been it has been paying off dividends for him actually on his bench. So let's see if bench. he starts them this yeah. week, <laughs> but I think he's slated for another great week. Uh, he's been g- building great rapport with Jacoby uh, Brissett, who actually hasn't been looking bad. He's been looking like a, a suitable backup, possibly a suitable starter. I mean, I don't know if I'll accept a trade from him from our, from SES fund train. who has been trying to uh, offload him, but he's been looking great and i think he's primed for another 100 plus and a touchdown game against atlanta um yeah my hate for the oh sorry scott go ahead i was gonna say honestly i think steve should just hold on to him uh he doesn't need to start him right now i mean he can but instead of trying to use him as trade bait just hold on to him use him as depth and when uh deshaun watson gets back exactly his value just goes up further like steven needs to hold and not sell on amari cooper um, my hate for this week is DJ Moore versus the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the, the big thing is the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, are the 29th worst defense in the NFL currently. And that's, listen, Baker just isn't doing it. Baker just isn't cutting it. And Carolina has just been looking horrible. Now, this this is a combination of a couple things. I mean, I don't think... Um, I don't think the coaching necessarily is uh, in the right place. And maybe maybe Odell Odell Beckham and his dad were right. Maybe Baker's a problem too. I think it's just a combination of the worst possible things. This was supposed to be DJ's breakout year. And I wanted I wanted him really bad and I wanted a lot of stocks of him. I, and fortunately, I got lucky just didn't get any piece of him this year. Um, and so he's going to be my, my hate for this week. Okay. Uh, I think with that, uh, you're going to lead us off with on the clock next. Yes, sir. I'm getting my clock out right now. My timer. Um, of course, everybody, if you don't know on the clock is where we give each other 30 seconds to answer a question. Hopefully, hopefully a thought provoking one. Okay. Um, Scott, my question it's it's a long one, okay? Now, I don't think I don't think you need more than a minute or a minute for this, okay? But after blowing up the Cardinals and squeaking by the Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs struggled in their loss to the Colts. And for the year, the Chiefs wide receivers have combined for 430 receiving yards, while Tyreek has accumulated 317 yards do you think the chiefs will have sustainable success with their spread love offense and no tyreek hill and a go i'm gonna say no um and honestly if i am an opposing defense playing kansas city the entire week leading up to that i am scheming how do we stop Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah. If you can stop Travis Kelsey. I think you can stop this Kansas Chief offense. They Juju is not, you know, making a scene. Nicole Harbin's not really making a scene. These wide receivers aren't threats to defenses right now. And uh, I think if you stop Kelsey, you stop the Chiefs. Great, 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 Scott. Um, Sorry, I went a little bit long there, and uh, my maybe I should have given you a minute. I mean, that's a it's a pretty that was a pretty. I had to. I thought about that question hard. I mean, I just saw them. I watched that game, and they just. I don't know. They just they look lost, and of course, 
I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is arguing with their offensive coordinator at the half. Yeah, uh, uh, Brett. Uh, is it Bellini? Bellini. Bellini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At halftime, it was <laughs> Mahomes is like, "Yo, why don't we go for it?" And then you know they ended up losing by a field goal in the end, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was rough. Now uh, Ceh has actually been pretty decent at running back. He has, you know, been valuable. I think like fourth mm-hmm. or fifth fifth best in fantasy points through three weeks, which is crazy. Uh, so I definitely had written him off, but actually right now is um, the time to sell him. If you didn't look at the I, stat line, I think he had what zero rush yards. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, really, but he, had, he had a ton of points. Yes, though, he, he did. Ha- he did get a, a re- absolutely. Uh, receiving if touchdown. I'm a CEH owner, I'm, I'm probably selling right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say I'd be a seller on Kelsey either, but just because there's such a premium at the position, like if you don't yeah. have Andrews or Kelsey, like who you have. So, um, anyways, we'll move on to my on the clock. It's also very wordy, so bear with me. Let me know if you have okay. any questions before I start the clock. But my focus is on another team that struggled this last week. It's the Bills. So the Bills lost for the first time in week three against the Dolphins in what was supposed to be a back-and-forth shootout. I think the final score was like 21-19, something really low like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs had their worst fantasy game to date uh, for this season. With a defense banged up and missing a key component in Micah Hyde for the remainder of the season, was this a factor in the Bills' poor showing, and could the Bills' offensive players continue to suffer from it, or was this game simply a fluke? Jeez. I think the surprising thing uh, for me is if Waddle hadn't got that 45, 45 yard bomb, he would have had a mediocre day. Same as Tyreek Hill. I was impressed that the, all these, I think they had a, uh, a bunch of rookie cornerbacks and rookie defensive players uh, coming in and stepping inside and actually looked pretty good. Their defense did decently well. And Josh Allen and the bills, like I said, had 63 pass attempts. I don't think that I, I really think this was a complete fluke. And they're going to be having a successful season, ending up at the Super Bowl. Okay, there you have it. Awesome. So with that, we will Ooh, just, Scott, we're getting some. Maybe Dude, we need to bump it up a I, bit. We're getting some tough questions I, now. Well, I had to dig deep for that. I'm like, all right, let's let's do something new. You know, a little. I don't know, because yeah, the Bills just kind of threw me off with with the week three performance. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Like, so Josh Allen has worst fantasy game mm-hmm. performance. Uh, it was like 26 points, but he, you know, he had like 29 two weeks ago and like 35, 36 in week one. Uh, but Diggs was a pretty significant drop off. He only had 10 points after getting like 20 and then 30 in weeks one and two. Um, so I don't know. Um, we'll we'll continue to see uh, if I am a, like owner of the Bills defense right now, I think I'm a little worried. Um, definitely not as stoked about it as I was coming out of weeks one or two. But anyways, we'll move on to our MFK now. Uh, and I will just uh, – actually, let's go ahead and we'll do Stevens first. And Steven gave us his three MFKs for the week. Um, and so for him, he picked three 2022 first-round wide receiver draft picks. The options are Drake London, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. I'll let you go first, MJ. Oh. London, Wilson, and Olave. And the thing about this is each three of these each three of these players have been producing. So yeah. I will I will actually go ahead and say uh kill Wilson, Garrett Wilson, because I don't know what it's going to look like with Zach Wilson coming back. Jeez, uh, I mean, Flacco has been, I, I believe he leads the league in pass attempts. Um, I mean, he's just been, they've been slinging it because they've been behind. And of course, I, I, I believe the Jets will continue to be behind in games. I just don't, I haven't seen it from Zach Wilson yet. And I think that's automatically going to bring the offense down. So I'm going to go ahead and kill him. I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry London. I'm going to, I'm going to marry London. And, and I'll tell you why is because he he is, he has been, and will continue to be the focal point of this offense. Um, As you've seen, Pitts has been, 
I really do think they've been using Pitts as a decoy because they have to put the best cornerback on Pitts. I mean, how do you stop a, a six foot, what, four tight end with a sub, like a, a four, three, 40? I mean, you've got to put your best corner on the guy. And London's just been eating up these smaller matchups. And he's got a crazy knack for the the end zone. I believe he's commanding a, a 30, a 35% target share, which has just been insane. He's just been getting force fed, even though Mariota, uh, you know, is subpar. And I just, that's the reason why I'm not going to have to, I'm going to have to tr uh, field, um, I'm going to have to field Olave. Um, he's been getting all the, and I have him on my team, of course, but he has been getting the tremendous volume. It's just, it's just ugly th thrown balls from, from Winston. I mean, yeah, he, the thing with air yardage, right? So he's, he's got the most, uh, what's the actual term, Scott? You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's like yardage, yards air yardage. Oh, no, no, no. no, no it's just, um, yeah, air yards. Air yards. He's he's got the most air yards by like yeah. a long shot, and and ladies and gentlemen, that's just that's passes. That's air yards thrown your way, right? And yeah. targets. It's, it's it's before yards after catch. Correct. So like, yeah. He's got a tremendous amount of those yards, but he's it's just the balls aren't being thrown accurately, and so that doesn't matter. That to me that that doesn't matter. It's what are they, is the ball actually getting into his hands and is he able to convert on it? And he doesn't have the touchdowns yet. I, I just, I, I need to continue seeing it. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I will yeah. also start with my kill because it's the same. And it's basically the same reason. Uh, Gary Wilson would be my kill. It's because of the Jets. Um, yes, they're going to be playing from behind constantly. So, you know, he should be getting looks. But for the reason you pointed out, Zach Wilson's coming back this week. We have no idea, especially going into this week, how that's going to look. Um, I actually think Elijah Moore is going to get an uptick this week and uh, get, oh, yeah. get a downgrade. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things where I got to see it first. I have Garrett Wilson on one team. Um, unfortunately, had him on the bench the last two weeks when it would have been really nice to play him. But uh, I think he's going to be on the bench again this week just because I, I need to see what's going to happen with Zach Wilson in there. Um, I am going to marry Chris Olave. I think he has uh, – he's just a great number two punch to Michael Thomas. He has that, you know, more experienced uh, top-tier wide receiver across from him that's going to be taking a lot of, you know, the, uh, the top DBs. Um, and he's just getting a ton of targets. Not that London hasn't. So Olave has 29 so far through three weeks, and mm -hmm. Drake London has 25. But I think once Kamara gets healthy and once James is fully healthy again and starts making accurate throws, um, I, I think Olave could do some serious damage this year. And it's, you know, nothing against Drake London. Um, it's more so against his quarterback. I think I'd rather have James Winston under center than Marcus Mariota. Uh, we'll see what happens when, you know, Atlanta hopefully makes the decision to switch out Mariota uh, for Desmond Ritter. But for now, I would fill London. Um, I don't think Pitts is as much of a decoy to London as Thomas is to Olave. Um, and I, I think teams are honing in on Mariota really favors London. Um, but we'll see. So, yeah, I, I would go... MFK, Alave, London, Wilson. Okay. Um, and uh, with that, we'll move on to mine. So I'll go ahead and give you the ones that I came up with this week. Uh, mine are all positional players, uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that are currently leading in fantasy football. And so, oh, okay. so the number one wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, the number one running back, Nick Chubb, and the number one tight end. Mark Andrews, MFK. Good one, good one, good one. I'll have to kill Chubb. And even though you have a personal vendetta against him, I don't, but I, I, I know things will definitely shift once 
Watson comes back. And Chubb's still going to eat, but I still consider I still consider players who who have the ability to catch the ball and add the extra element at a higher regard than the players who don't. And I still I still consider Chubb one of the best, if not the best, pure running back in the game, though. Now this is where it does get tricky, um, and I'm going to have to say I'm going to field digs. I'm going to field digs. And I'm going to actually start with Andrews, marrying Andrews, because I really think he is, this is the year he's finally usurping Kelsey as the tight end one. I mean, him and Lamar Jackson, I'm actually, I've been considering forming a trade, like somehow formulating a trade to get him in our dynasty league because they just have a knack of finding each other. They're designing plays. I think he had a shovel pass. They, I think Lamar at one point threw it into double coverage and Andrew just skied up and got it i mean the man is on a mission and i i think he he's entering like just his best years at his position um and i'm of course gonna that means i'm gonna feel Diggs, who's who's popping off with that connection with with alan i actually have that stack in one of my dynasty leagues and i love it i mean they're just they're blowing up and i don't think that volume's gonna stop but i don't think the touchdowns are gonna stop from andrews either Scott, hey, what do you think? I 100% agree with your order. Uh, I would marry yeah. Andrews, Phil Diggs, uh, and kill Chubb. Yes, I have a little bit of a personal vendetta against Chubb because I played him <laughs> three out of four leagues in week two when he got 30 points for almost half his total points so far. But uh, I definitely I see regression with Chubb. Um, I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, he also has Hunt there, you know, sharing the backfield a little bit with him. Um, not to as much of an extent as I would like. I think Hunt should get more touches than he's getting. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to hold up. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Chubb's made it through an entire season either, uh, staying healthy. It's just it's really hard for a running back to do that with the amount of um, amount of touches, amount of snaps mm-hmm. that he's getting. Um, so, you know, for, for those additional reasons, plus everything you said, I, I would kill Chubb. Um, Love Diggs. Wish I had him in just one league. I've got Gabe Davis in a couple, and I'm, I'm hoping Gabe can turn it around and, and, and crush it for me. But, man, do I wish I had me some Stephon Diggs. The reason that I would marry Andrews, though, is the tight end positional advantage. If you have Andrews as your tight end this year, you go into every single matchup with such a huge advantage at the position. And right. I definitely agree with you. Uh, assuming he stays healthy all year, he's definitely going to assume Kelsey as the tight end one. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, if defenses start getting smart against the Chiefs and focusing all their energy on Kelsey, I think it's going to be a way to shut down the Chiefs. And uh, I see, you know, Kelsey's production tapering off. I, you know, I would still rather have Kelsey than any other tight end besides Andrews. But man, Mark Andrews this year. Wish I had him in, in more than just the one league I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, wish I had the Lamar Andrews sack, but yeah. MJ, what about your MFK? Okay, so I went, well, the three top scoring QBs for the year is exactly what I went for. Um, MFK, Lamar, Action, Jackson, Joshua Allen, and the ascending star, Jalen Hurts. What you guys got? Dude, this this is so rough. I mean, it's a toss-up. If you got yeah, uh, these guys at the helm on your fantasy team, um, you're you're looking good. Even in weeks where you lose with them, like don't don't sweat it. I think you're gonna be fine. Um let me start with my Mary. I'm gonna marry Lamar. Uh dude's the best rushing quarterback in the league right now, which is such a huge advantage in fantasy football. Uh he's the only quarterback to put up multiple 40 point weeks so far. Uh, he's done two of three, two got a 40 point week in week two. Um, so two of the three 40 point weeks to any fancy player belong to Lamar. Um, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable, but I also would not put it out of the realm of possibility for him to do it another two or three times this year. Hey, contract um, season, so baby contract season. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely marrying Lamar. Um, this for me is where it gets tough. Uh, I'm a little biased because I have Hurts in a league and I don't have Allen in any leagues. Um, so I would field trades for Hurts. I think he's having an outstanding season, an MVP season. 
The Eagles are fantastic. Um, that offense is just cruising, man. And the, the problem with Hurts, uh, I've noticed it now two weeks in a row, they get to 24 points and the other teams just can't catch up. So then they just start running the running the ball with their backs to bleed the clock off. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, Hurts is getting like all his fancy points in the first two to three quarters. And then you're like, I mean, I don't need any more points from you, my dude, but I would love some more. And you're not getting those in the fourth quarter because the Eagles don't need them to get any more. Um, that's that's the only issue with Hurts. Uh, and the only reason I, I would kill Allen is just because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm biased like the other two better uh, and because I don't have Allen. Uh, but also, uh, you know, going back to the on the clock, um, I don't necessarily think that last week was a total fluke. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that possibly, uh, you know, the defense being a little weaker um, could impact the offense. Um, but you know, not to a crazy extent. If you have one of these three guys, you're starting them every single week. Um, you're you're not wrong for choo- choosing the Mary Allen and kill Lamar, in my opinion. Um, this one, I don't think there is a 100% right answer. I don't think there's a 100% wrong answer, but that mm-hmm. is the answer that I am giving. Right. Great, great, great. Uh, mine's easy. I'm going to marry Lamar. Marry Lamar. He's the, he's the guy I have the most exposure to. Uh, and yeah, I actually 100% agree with you, Scott. This is just personal bias. I actually have a share of each one of these guys this year, and I could not be happier. I will kill Josh. Um, I will field Hurts. I just, you cannot be wrong with any of these answers. And I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to show a little spotlight in all these guys. So for sure. Uh, I'm just reaching out to Steven real quick, see if he wanted to give any input real fast on, on those three MFKs. Uh, he says, now nah, we're good. We'll keep, we'll move on. So, uh, cool. With that, we are going to go over to MJ who is going to cover jukebox for Steven this week. Yes, sir. We're going to the jukebox. Um, of course, hosted by SCS Fun Train. No Fun Train this week, but we hope he gets better. Uh, he's given us, he's given us sad eyes, but he's he's with us. He's with us in spirit. So, Scott, this week's jukebox for you. I've got Ghost by Justin Bieber, and with this, it's a player that is a ghost of themselves and you think is sadly you think that that is the sadly the new normal for that player this is for me yes for you oh, ghost man. by justin bieber uh, who's a former shell of their former self scott this is tough um, I, I do have to admit i have not listened to this song but <laughs> I, I have not listened to this song yet either. Um, the new stuff by the Beebs is pretty good, though, so I'll give it a check. Um, man, uh, I don't know if it's going to sustain this way, but through three weeks, um, man, I don't know if this is the right answer here, but through three weeks, just based on what the offense is doing and, and what we know he's done in the past, I'm going to say Austin Eckler. Um, woof. Mm. Three weeks. Like, if you drafted him with a first five pick, uh, yeah, definitely a, a ghost of his 2021 self for sure. Um, yeah, I think I would go with Austin Eckler there. I don't know. Yeah, great choice. What you got for me, Scott? Uh, so the song that Steven gave me to give to you uh, is Calm Down by uh, Rayma and Selena Gomez. So, <laughs> oh, uh, no. Yeah. So uh, this mm. is supposed to be a uh, player who is normally top 10 in their position, but is having a sluggish year. Uh, but you're telling the haters to calm down as oh. you think he'll be back to form sooner rather than later. Okay, easy. This is Justin Jefferson. Okay. Super, super easy. Look, my main concern before the season started was how the offense is going to transition with the new regime, with Kevin O'Connell taking over completely. And I was really surprised, especially after they blew up. uh, I mean, he had his 
crazy two touchdown a two touchdown game against the Packers. And what they discovered was primarily the Packers primarily primarily ran zone. And so what pe- teams have been starting to do is run man and double team Jefferson. Now, what I think, what I think they need to do, and what I, I know they're going to do, is they just have to figure out exactly how to get Jefferson into these wide open spaces of uh, easy via motion. I mean, it, it, I, I just, I just, I don't know what they're doing, but people just need to calm down. The, the Kevin O'Connell knows exactly what he's doing, and they used him as a decoy last week. Sadly, but he's going to have his. He's going to have his, and he's going to never ever use Justin Jefferson as a decoy. Put him in motion. Put him in at the running back position pre-snap. Put him in the slot. Get him away from the number one DB on the other side. No matter what you need to do, put the ball in his hands and make it work. He's going to make Kirk Cousins look like a god if they can get the ball into Justin Jefferson's hands. Uh, If you need to, please. Let's ride with Justin Jefferson. It's funny that you said Justin Jefferson because when Steven initially gave me this song to give to you, I was like, oh, this is easy. Justin Jefferson. He was like, no, people aren't panicking on him. Like, people are panicking a little bit after two weeks of low production. So calm, calm down. Calm down. We'll see what happens in London on Sunday. Hey, my, my runner-up for that is CD. CD Lamb. Well, my, not exactly my runner up 10, but... Be, yeah, no, dude, my runner-up was going to be Jonathan Taylor. Like, I think same yeah. thing. Uh, you're expecting 20 points per week from Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't been doing that. Um, calm down, calm down. It'll, it'll come. All right. So with the conclusion of jukebox, we're going to move into our fantasy flash. Ooh, let's go. I will quickly do a week three recap in week three, uh, for Thursday night football. The question was, will Najee Harris get his first rushing touchdown of the season, which he did. Uh, on Sunday night football, it was who would get more fantasy points, Javante Williams from the Broncos or Debo Samuel from the 49ers, and it was Debo. Uh, and then for Monday night football, it was who would get more rushing yards, Barkley or Zeke and Pollard combined, and it was uh, Zeke and Pollard combined. So our standings, our standings after three weeks – Clearly in first is MJ at five and one. Let's go, baby. I should be six and zero, oh, but I was <laughs> stupid. I should uh, never have doubted Najee. Should never have doubted, doubted Najee. Oh, should be six and zero. And then tied for second uh, after a poor performance by me this past week with uh, three and three are both Stephen and me. Guys need uh, to pick up the pace. All right, we do. We are a full two behind you right now. So uh, with that. Uh, we'll let you answer the first one, right? And Steven's going, oh, to, Steven's going to text me his answers as we do these. Um, so we have his answers. Uh, so Thursday night football, what a matchup of wide oh, no. receivers. What a matchup of wide receivers. So more receiving yards, Hill and Waddle or Chase and Higgins? Hill and Waddle. Steven also said Hill and Waddle. Man, I want to say Hill and Waddle. But Come I on, to- ride. Let's ride. Come on. Let's ride, right, baby. Let's ride. Hill and Waddle. Hill and Waddle. All, all three of us are going to go Hill and Waddle. All right. Sunday, we're picking a, an early game. This is a game kicking off at noon. We've got Ravens versus Bills. And this is actually going to be our first over-under. So two and a half total quarterback rushing touchdowns, over or under. So between Allen and Lamar Jackson, two and a half rushing touchdowns, over or under? Uh, I will go first. I'm going to go under. I think they each get one. I'm going to go under. I, I, well, yeah, I have to agree. Under. I, I, yeah, under. I wish I could explain things, but under. All right. And Steven also goes under. Wow. Oh. We are, uh, we're not differentiating much. It's- that doesn't do Steven or I any good. Uh, I'm going to go last on this question so I can differentiate, uh, even though I'm not going to like my choice. All right. Monday night football. We have the 49ers versus the Rams. Oh, baby. More fantasy points from rushing. Cooper Cup or Debo Samuel? More fantasy points from rushing. So 
rushing the ball, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, covers or Debo Samuel. Listen, I'll go first. This is the easiest out of the three. It's Debo. It's Debs. Steven looked at you funny. He also said Debo though. Man, you know what? I don't I don't mind if I end up in last. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a risk here. I'm gonna go cup. I think I think they're gonna run that play like they ran this past week and he's gonna get that touchdown. Let's go. Cooper Cup, baby. Let's ride. Okay. All right. I respect that. I respect that, Scott. I, I, that's why I said I'm going to go last. I'm going to differentiate, even though uh, I probably would have gone. All you, <laughs> all you sideband boys want to differentiate. I mean, it's the best way of, of, of catching up. I guess it's also the best way of falling further mm-hmm. behind. But mm-hmm. had, we couldn't all three questions be the same this week. That's, hey, that's yeah, they, they do it on NFL Red Zone, so. <laughs> yeah. We're not NFL Red Zone. We're fantasy. Oh, flash. yeah, we're fantasy flash, baby. Right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting SCS fun train back in the mix next week. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery, uh, of course. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to support us. I mean, the people I, I I honestly didn't expect, I want to give a shout out to Noah. Noah, thank you so much for, for listening to us and, uh, giving, giving me feedback and making me feel honestly really good. And, uh, we just it's it's people like you who like you know take the initiative and um really make our day um scott you got anything yeah well shout out to the uh the rocky mountain club uh it's our dynasty league. oh yeah uh, we know several of those guys have also listened to the podcast so uh we just shout out to them collectively as a whole we uh we appreciate the feedback you've given us and uh we hope you continue to listen and enjoy and uh you know we, we'd love to hear any more feedback or comments you have if there's anything you want to hear in the show anything you think would make it better or, or worse let us know man we're, we're all about it um you know once again we love doing this and we hope you love listening great and uh as always everybody we are what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast and we'll see you guys next week sweet sweet fantasy baby